And now, ladies and gentlemen, Skywalker. Thanks, Jim Davis, and thanks for tuning in to Radio Memories here on February 2nd, 2022, already into February. Can you believe it? <laughs> what happened to January? And of course, Radio Memories brought to you by Audio Girl Productions. Devastatingly effective for all of your production needs. Contact them at audiogirlproductions.com. And what a great show we've got for you today on Radio Memories. Brian Simmons. Boy, he's been around the block a couple of times. <laughs> Coast 103, KBIG 104 in Los Angeles. Also, Croy in Sacramento. Boy, talk about some big radio stations under his belt. And he's going to share today his radio memories. Joining us from his beautiful home in Northeast Nevada, uh, radio veteran, and he's still working. Still doing. One of the few. Longtime friend, Brian Simmons. It's so good to see you, Brian. Yeah, good to see you too. I know usually we, we'd hang out at the K-Earth studio uh, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we were both working for CBS, which no longer right. exists, CBS radio, well, which no true. longer exists. Yeah, yeah. And that's sad. You know, the things it's it's amazing that the big three no longer are really in radio. I know there is CBS News. We carry it at the top of every hour on my talk station here. Uh, but it's it's different. It's not the same thing. Um, and of course, even when we worked there, it wasn't the CBS that everybody knew, you know, from back in the day. Um, uh, you know, I remember going to Columbia Square to uh, to audition for a job back in uh, 1979. <laughs> and that was when CBS was still CBS. And it was uh, it was a pretty heady experience at the time. At least I felt it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go back and, and let's start at the beginning. But, and, and, and let's pick up. And, and where does it begin? Five or six years old, actually. Uh, my mother, you know, being a kid, I got put in, I got my own room and it was in the back of the house. So uh, uh, my mom bought a radio for me to li listen to and to fall asleep with. And I would lay there every night and I would DX and listen to stations all across the United States back when AM stations could really be heard from a, a great distance. Uh, you had stations with a huge sky wave, you know, KFI at night came in like a local. Um, and uh, and then, you know, my radio station uh, experiences started in uh, in high school. Um, high school I went to got a federal grant for a 10 watt radio station and uh, we put it on the air. Uh, actually, I wasn't part of it at the first. It started in uh, 1974 um, and they brought in an actual guy who really worked in radio, but had a teaching degree. He worked in L.A. and New York, a guy named Lloyd Schaefer. Um, and they put the station on the air. We had two little Sparta setups, two little uh, rooms we built. Uh, you know, those boards you could buy that had the turntables, everything built in, you know, you just put it up on the <laughs> yeah. pedestals and wired it in. We had, we had two of those all brand new equipment. Um, uh, we even had an RCA 77 DX, which I think belonged to Mr. Schaefer, but, uh, we had a nice little setup. So I started there. Beautiful microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, we're still using an EV most of the time though, you know, the lower price, uh, they didn't want to beat that mic up too much. They're pretty rare. Uh, but they were fun to work with. Um, and, uh, a guy named, uh, Don Salasco, Don, uh, was, uh, the program director of the station. I became the APD and I was the news director and I a job answering phones at KROI in Sacramento, which was the top, top 40 station at the time. Um, and, 
So we we're at, at night. I was answering phones for the Dean Gosh show. And, you know, Dean. Oh, uh, sure. K-Earth and KFRC and, and KCBQ, KYA. I mean, some big call letters on his resume uh, back when call letters really meant something. they don't need more you know no it's it's just the way it is but uh so we got a job doing that and you know answering phones like you know uh, what's your age where you what's your zip code you know we asked them a bunch of questions it was passive research and uh they had uh their fm had been uh a part of the concept productions network at the time and they decided they were going to go local with it and they needed operators to run the uh the system and of course, Don and I had third phones, so we waved our hands right away and said, we could do it. So uh, the APD for Croy at the time was a guy named Joe Krause, who went on the air by Jojo Weed. He had come with Steve Rivers from WDRQ. I think his last name was Morgan on the queue. I, I can't remember his first name. But uh, he brought me over to the FM. He was going to be the PD. And so we started there, and I think I'd been there about three months. Uh, we'd already had, we were on our second or third PD at the time. It went really fast. Um, and there's a guy named Robert John was running it at the time and they needed a jock. And I kept saying, Hey, you know, I can do this. And they kept saying, you know, get away, kid. You just, you know, you're 18. You're, you're not, you're not ready yet. And, uh, so one day I, I took a tape and I, I gave it to him and said, Hey, guy came by and dropped this off for you. I didn't tell him who it was from. And uh, he was listening to it, you know, behind the glass and he's looking at me and he says, this you, you know, kind of thing. And I brought me in and said, why didn't you give me this three weeks ago? And uh, the next day I was doing middays. Um, and I did that until they found a midday jock. And then I went to overnights. Um, and then um, I guess it was probably about six months later, everybody was going to Wi-Fi or WeFM uh, from Croy. Steve Rivers was going. And uh, they needed jocks for the AM. And I got a call from Dave Michaels, Dave Yodelman, you might know. Yeah. Uh, it was oh, yeah. A&M, K-Earth, yeah. And Kiss. Uh, he brought me over for weekends. Uh, and I changed my name again. I was using Brian Mason and Brian Davis. And I used that name until uh, almost the end of when I was at, uh, in Sacramento. Um, uh, the, my last eight or nine months, I was doing news at KCTC, uh, oddly enough. And uh, then the whole thing with Coast happened. Is that the, the KCTC when it was beautiful music? Yes. And when it was, stock, when it yeah, was every- KC. TC. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was, Is it, was but, but wasn't that almost preparing you for well, long? Yeah, the coast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people walk up to you uh, all through the years when I worked at coast, it was always, well, do the thing you do with the weather. You know, they'd want to hear you go along the coast, you know, but yeah, I went to Croy AM and then I went full time there eventually under a guy named Terry Nelson. Now, that must have been a blast because you're talking about this is the 1970s and 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 everything is is really exciting in radio at this point. Why? Because there's not a lot of competition. Radio is still a big deal. If you walked into a store and somebody recognized you, they'd start freaking out. It was like you were a celebrity. You really were. And uh it was interesting. One time I was walking through Macy's with my soon-to-be wife, uh, eventual wife, and these two kids were behind us on the escalator. And uh, I'm talking to my wife, or my girlfriend at the time, and this kid walks up and says, are you Brian Davis? And I went, uh, yeah, why? And he goes, well, I could tell from your voice. But, you know, nowadays, I don't know that that really happens. No, much. no, no, it no longer happens. But it, it, That's happens. long, long gone. Croy, of course, had been a kind of a jumping point for a lot of people. It was known as a really good medium market radio station. 
uh, along with KTKT in Tucson and the Ape in Jacksonville, places like that, Ways in Charlotte. So, uh, but so many big, big uh, radio legends came out of you know uh, Croy, well, and you, and it, it's, went through it, or, or went through it, and right. and it's it's funny because you are one of those people. But but during that time, it, it must have been there must have been some crazy things that were going on, and oh, and the experience oh, yeah. must yeah. have been. And we were killing the competition. KNDE was our competition. Candy. Candy, and uh, K-N-D-E, and, and it's been talked about, but it's never really been explained what that radio station was. Well, it had been it had been KXOA for years. Right, AM. The AM and the FM got sold. Uh, the FM was bought by the Browns and, and uh, Bill Drake. Uh, right. And so it, they were doing a solid gold format over there, and K-N-D-E uh, debuted as a, an album rock station, but it didn't really catch on. And so they went top 40 with it. And uh, actually, Dave Williams, uh, who uh, had worked at Croy, uh, who's now down in uh, in Dallas, he's a news anchor down there. And you know Dave from KBC. And right. Kansas. And uh, Dave was a top 40 jock in a PD at the time. And he actually beat Croy in one book in 1975, I believe, which may have been in between his stints at K-Earth and, uh, and WHBQ in Memphis. Uh, you know, he was an RKO PD for a couple of places. And that kind of happened through his friendship, I think, and working for Dwight Case, who had been the GM at Croy, and then had moved on to take over RKO. Um, and Dwight, we just lost Dwight a few years ago, a big name in radio. Uh, he was huge, uh, massive name, you know, right up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, KNDE did, did a top 40 format, but to, towards the time I was working at Croy, uh, KNDE had kind of fallen on hard times. They had brought Steve Rivers in to be the PD, and he was there a few months, and then Croy hired him away, and I don't know the story on that. And so they brought in Mark Driscoll uh, uh, to uh, program Candy, um, and he did some different things with it that we, we had never seen before, but it just didn't work. Croy was just a juggernaut at the time, and my last book there, we had an 8.1 in the ratings, and I don't know where Candy was, but it was pretty far down. Um, and right about that time— um, And you guys had that cool van— yeah, we had a black van. It looked really nasty. It had it, it stacked up a little in the back, and it had big fat tires and uh, side pipes, and it was black, and it just looked nasty and mean. And it uh, it, it was really it it really was right alongside uh, the KHJ van. You know, yeah. I mean, it looked just as cool. The, 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 the surprise as, prize van, I think they called it. The yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. You're right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, you know, and, and I loved RKO, uh, but at that point in time, I was being influenced by, um, uh, people at KCBQ. And so, uh, when I was doing nights at Croy, I was known as a screamer. Uh, you know, uh, I dialed it way back when I started doing middays at KXOA, but in between those two stations, I worked at KZAP, which, uh, was a Burkhardt Abrams station. Uh, at that point they, uh, they had, had been sold. It had been a progressive station and, uh, all of a sudden now it was going to be kind of a, you know, a little more processed, shall we say. And that station took off and dominated the market for years. But uh, I ended up leaving there after a year to go back to KXOA because I wanted to work with Terry Nelson again. Uh, he had offered me a job doing middays and I thought, okay, I want to do this. What a great um, jock. Yeah, what a great jock. So smooth. You know, he, he worked at Croy a couple times. Uh, he left Croy the first time to go to uh, 99X in New York. And did mornings at for the RKO station there. Yeah, um, interesting story. You know, he and I must knew each other from Stockton from KJOY. They were friends. Oh, is that right? 
when they were doing mornings uh, at I the didn't same know time that. in New York, wow, yeah, uh, they would call each other on the air and put each other on the air on their respective stations, much <laughs> to the consternation of the NBC and RKO execs. But they had a ball. Uh, Terry later moved to afternoons, and they brought in uh, Crazy J. Thomas to do mornings there. Um, and then uh, he came back to Croy in 77, uh, initially due to mornings, uh, later became the program director. And uh, that's where I, I felt like I really flourished under him. Yeah, even though I sucked, uh, I, I learned a lot there. You know, um, when I arrived in Sacramento in 1984, I could never understand why Terry Nelson was in that market. Because yeah. he was just, oh, my God, what are well, you doing you know, here? Had more to do with family. Uh, his wife yeah. at the time didn't really want to live in, they didn't want to live in the Bay Area. They wanted to get back to Sacramento where they had friends. And, you know, he just decided to, you know, it's okay. I'll go back to Sacramento. I don't mind it. And he could command a good salary for Sacramento, too. That he was so much bigger than the market. Right. But then, oddly enough, he ended up at KCTC doing mornings. <laughs> Um, I know he I did. Believe, yeah. I don't know how long he stayed after they became an AC station. I'm, I'm sure he was there at the start of Mix 96, but I don't know. Uh, that I'm kind of fuzzy on that. I was in LA at the time and not really paying too much attention to what was going on in Sacramento. Uh, but uh, yeah, because I had gone back to LA as well. Uh, it's funny because we we kind of tread the same battlefield at different times. Yeah. Um, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. But you know, and then I uh, after I it's funny because I sent a tape to K, uh, KFI back in 1982, early 82, when I knew, K, uh, you know, that the stations were kind of going to go, eh, and, and KXOA was moving the music of your life, which I didn't want to do. Uh, I wasn't ready to play Sinatra. So um, <laughs> uh, I sent a tape to KFI. I got, a, I got two reject letters, one from Johnny K and one from Tom Bigby. And uh, that was early in the year. And about eight months later, I was working at Concept Productions. I just started back there doing syndicated voice tracking. And... Uh, Pick up R&R &R and there's a picture of Johnny K and it's his coast to go all hit, you know. So oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, got home that night uh, and there was a message for me from Johnny K saying, call me in the morning. Um, he had held on to my tape and uh, decided uh, he wanted to hire me. Uh, and I thought, well, this is cool. You know, I wanted to go to San Diego, but L.A. I'll take, um, you know. Uh, my ultimate goal was always San Francisco, which had never worked, uh, oddly enough. But because uh, I'm from the Bay Area. Really? Yeah. How weird is that? Went right I, I thought you had worked San Francisco. No, wish I had. I, well, I wanted to, you know, where I, like every other guy that grew up there, I wanted to work at KFRC. Um, and I did send them a tape back when Jerry Cagle was the PD. Yeah. Um, and I got a call back. I wasn't what they were looking for, but that, that they thought I was good enough. But Jerry was looking for a female. Well, you are so good. And you are really, what a, you are uh, such a great jock. And, oh. and I really thought that was on your resume. I, oh. I, I thought you had been in San Francisco. No. And I was trying to get into KGB AM uh, because that was uh, when I was at KXOA, that was our sister station. But that place was a brick wall. <laughs> Believe me, I worked San Diego and that was yeah. no great shakes. So <laughs> but I looked at it as a stepping stone and it was a cool station. I, I had been down there before as the production director for KXOA. I went down and would visit with uh, Norm, Norman Flint, who was the production director at 13K and KGBA FM. And uh, so I would go down to learn techniques from him. This is back before everybody had multi-track. So you had to learn how to put things together with a two-track studio, a couple mm -hmm. of cart machines, and a turntable. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I learned a lot of really cool production techniques, which actually transferred well into the digital era. But uh, uh, So I was familiar with it, and I really wanted to work there, too. I thought, well, that would be cool. You know, How many guys have gone through KGB? 
you know, Charlie Van Dyke, Mark Dennis, uh, you name it, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, and uh, so, but but ended up at, at, at in. Uh, oh, it, it was once a great stepping stone market. By the time yeah. I went through San Diego, it was just sure. like. <laughs> yeah. Well, times change. You know, Sacramento's different too. Uh, the last time I was there, I didn't recognize anything on the radio. You know, everything's changed. Um, uh, stations that I worked at, like Croy, uh, I think is uh, Hispanic, Catholic talk radio. You know, mm-hmm. it's AM. So, you know, it's it's talk radio land. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I was so blown away to get the call from Johnny. And I called him that morning. The next day, right at 9 a.m., I was like right on the phone. And he wanted to hire me. And I, I remember saying, so uh, will I be doing, you know, overnight weekends? And he says, oh, no, 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 you're going to be full time. And I said, oh, it will be midnight to six or two to six. And he goes, oh, no, you're doing 10 to two at night, which, you know, I, I think I probably at that point had tunnel vision, like what's going on here, you know? Uh, so mind was totally blown. But, uh, and oddly enough, six months later, he says, I want you to do afternoons because he was moving up to be the PD of KFI and Coast at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it was kind of, you know, and that was back when, you know, being in L.A. was something. I mean, oh, yeah, there the TV's on. You've got you've got Dr. George, you've got Jerry Dunphy. You've got all these icons on TV and on the radio, Loman and Barkley, uh, Gary Owens. All these people are still on the air, you know. Oh, it um, really meant something. It meant something yeah. to be doing afternoon drive. And, and I remember, too, the first day I uh, we turned the station on. Uh, oddly enough, our overnight guy was supposed to turn the station on, um, Chris Roberts. But he was still stuck over on KFI that night. So Johnny looks at me and says, you're going to turn us on in a ship change at midnight. Um, but the next morning, I guess it was about 530. I was going on until 6 that day. Um, ran into Loman and Barkley in the hallway. And... Okay, so my knees are knocking together because I know who Loman and Barkley are. And they sure. treated me like an equal, which mind blown right there, you know. And they were our leaders. When we had union meetings, both stations were music. We are on the same contract. They were our leaders. We looked to them. They uh, When we had the meetings at After back, it was at, when it was at Hollywood and Highland, up, way up top, they had this uh, conference room that overlooked Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I remember the meetings there with them. And it was pretty crazy, you know. A few oh, months yeah. before, I was just doing news on KCTC, and now I'm in Hollywood. Is my mind was blown? Let's just say, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, different times now. Radio is very different, as you and I both know. It's interesting. After you left Coast, and and then you went to CBS, and and uh, and then you spent a lot of time there at CBS, and and you were at the Wave. Yeah, I was at the Wave. It was funny when I went over there. Uh, Johnny brought me over. He was programming both stations at the time, K Earth and the Wave. Um, all my friends were like, they thought I was going to go to K Earth. You know, uh, I guess style wise, they thought that's where I should be. But I ended up over at the Wave and had a good time there. But you know, um, there were limitations with the contract, as you know. You could only work so many days in a row and so many hours a day. That's how they were able to have a union contract that paid well, but you didn't really get what you could get obviously. Um, but I had, I had a lot of fun there. It was a great station. I loved uh, when we went uh, Urban AC, R&B, uh, loved playing the Motown stuff. I mean, I was I was really, I loved working there. Um, I, I kind of almost compared with my time at KBIG because uh, you were kind of free to say what you wanted to say and do the content you wanted to do. Um, so it was fun. 
Um, there was a production elements to the wave that weren't with any other radio station. Uh, when you did liners, you did them in three, uh, like three segments and you changed music beds under you. It was very produced. So I appreciated that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I loved it when it was Urban AC and I would love to have stayed there. Uh, the last year I was there, I worked in the production department for the cluster um, because I could also voice and produce. So not only did I produce other people, uh, the voiceover from other DJs there, but got to do my own work as well. And I enjoy that. Uh, it's kind of, uh, I look at it as an artistic thing to put nice production together. I call it stop set beautification. And, uh, and, and, and so what are you doing now currently? Well, you know, I had left LA to go to Albuquerque and uh, work for Cumulus there and programmed a Magic 99.5. Um, and then there were some changes in management, as you know about radio. Uh, I exited the station and a couple of days later got a call from Tom Chase and, uh, and Ken Sutherland here in Elko. Uh, they have a six-station cluster, all FMs, um, and they wanted to know if I could come help fill in. They had a, a jock here, a very popular morning jock on their hot AC, who uh, was had been life-flighted to Utah, to Salt Lake City. Uh, she was very ill, and they needed some help filling in. So I came down to do a month of fill-in, ended up staying for two and a half months. And when I went back to Albuquerque, uh, they invited me to come back uh, full-time, and I thought, well... Okay, and I knew they, that Tom was retiring. So um, came here and uh, became the PD when Tom retired. Uh, Tom Chase, uh, if everybody knows Eric Chase who uh, in California, he's Paul Christie down in Houston. He does mornings on our classic hit station from Houston via voice track, but uh, he's great. Um, but Tom, unfortunately, uh, right after he retired, caught COVID and he'd been fighting lymphoma. So we lost him, I guess, about three weeks later. Uh, pretty sad, but... Uh, been sitting in his office now for a little over a year and uh it's been an interesting year to say the least you my friend are a survivor and uh, and you you continue to work in in this business this crazy business and i appreciate your time brian and i, I thank you for oh. taking the time uh to to share your radio memories with us today and i and i hope you come back and let us know what's going on with you sure and 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 as we you know move forward in terrestrial radio and we find more and more terrestrial radio stations kind of disappearing Especially and 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 yeah. you know as digital media seems to be taking over and i like to check in with people and see how they're doing and uh and i wish you nothing but uh great success and uh, and take care of yourself. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, loved working with you there at CBS. And if you're ever driving uh, to Salt Lake City through uh, Highway 80, uh, we're one of the largest towns in the area. Um, you know, we uh, we have Salt Lake and we have Twin Falls and Reno. We're kind of right in the middle. So a lot of people stop through here. We have casinos. We have, uh, you know, everything that Nevada can offer you. And, uh, you know, we've got six stations here that you can listen to. Uh, talk, classic country, uh, we're big country. Uh, we've got a hot AC and a classic kit. So when you're driving through, you'll get anything you want on the radio. Anyway, it's been great talking to you, Sky, uh, and uh, uh, had a great time. And yeah, I'll come back, definitely. Can't wait to have you back on the show, Brian, and thanks for your time. Now, Radio Memories is going to be on now every other Wednesday uh, from here on out. And uh, coming up in March, we've got March Madness, and I hope you participate in this. It doesn't matter what market size, and I would like, if you would, and if you just want to send me a story, uh, 
but I, it, it, I'd like to have you on Zoom, or if you just want to share a story on the phone, contact me on Messenger at Skywalker, and, and let's get you on March Madness and you know share some of those stories. And, and of course, you can remain anonymous if you don't want to say who you are. <laughs> but you know, share some of those crazy stories that happened to us back in the day when things, you know, we got away with things back, you know, when radio was fun. And March Madness, that's what we're dedicating March to here on Radio Memories. So please messenger me at Skywalker and, and let's get March, you know, let's have some fun in March and, and tell some fun stories. Because I know I am, and I already have some people that are already getting set to, to, to reveal some, some fun, fun stories. So, and I'd love for you to share as well. And um, like I say, we're going to be uh, on every other week now, every other Wednesday on Radio Memories. So until uh, next time, uh, for more great radio memories. Check out past interviews on the Radio Memories YouTube channel and on Spotify. Click the links. This is Maggie McKay for Radio Memories, a Dave Schuyler production. Radio Memories.